getting ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Second time lucky, eh? I'm Fergus, I'm your host. Um, tonight, uh, we have smiles on our faces because of some of the stuff that's going on in the background. Um, but uh, when we talk about Arsenal Football Club, we're going to talk about Burnley. Um, and we're going to look ahead to the Southampton game and the lineups. I'm joined tonight by Big Steve. I'm also joined by uh, Old Man Trev and newbie from Kings Lynn, Mike. Uh, Steve, thank you very much. How did you? Um, thanks for uh, pointing out my faux pas. We should have been live about four minutes ago. Yeah, when he uh, asked if I was ready, <laughs> if I was <laughs> Chatting, starting to chat away, insulting Trev already, and and everyone's missed it, you know. That was a good um, one, wasn't it? That it was, a, was a good start. It was a really good start, and then. And and, and the thing is, if I do, time. if I do that insult to him again, he's not going to get it this time. He's going to be ready for it, isn't he? I wouldn't dare. I would. I wouldn't dare introduce the man from eighteen eighty six, old man Trev. How are you? I'm all right, Fergus. I'm all right. Sorry, everybody. He was that busy giving me our time. He forgot to press the button. He's not very clever, is Fergus. If he gets out of his routine, he's done for. He's completely done for. <laughs> anyway, good evening, everybody. Nice to be back on again, apart from having to talk to Fergus, of course. <laughs> and giggling in the background. <laughs> Newest member to the panel, uh, Mike. Mike from Kingsley. And how are you doing, mate? <laughs> Not bad now for the second time running, you know. I'm feeling a little bit more chirpier. That won't last long, I can imagine. Is that made you feel a little bit more relaxed? Oh, <laughs> no, yeah, just a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, so we can all cock up somewhere along the line. Guys, um, <laughs> the lineups come up in, in 25 minutes, so we're going to crack on and get through uh, the, um, the piss poor performance that was uh, the Burnley game. Well, Don't actually, start like that. Knock it on the end now. <laughs> Um, but the performance itself, we dominated the game in, in the main, uh, bar um, a Granishaka dismissal for violent conduct. Um, was It was desperate, really. And there was a big thing made about, we'll talk about in, in a little bit, about the fans booing off uh, the, the team. Um, and I want to stand up and in support of some of those fans, not necessarily for booing, but uh, for some of the stuff that people have said on social media about our, fan, but our fans at that game. Um, defeat for Arteta means this, our side have lost uh, four straight league games at home for the first time in 61 years. Trevor, 61 years. Even you're not that old. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's, it's, it's not very good, is it, in, in all fairness? It's not very good. It's, it's, do you know what? Tottenham have actually won the league since we lost last lost four games in a row because they won it in 61 but no all jokes aside fergus it's it, it is it is every arsenal fan this week has been it's been seriously worried i've had people calling me good arsenal fans saying they're losing sleep they're having nightmares it's i've never known it i've never known this to be this dire before i've never known i've i've, I've, I've said it the other day so i'm not going to dwell on it i've seen sides that couldn't perform at Arsenal, but they've always been triers. They've always give it their everything. And you don't get that feeling at the minute, do you? You don't get that feeling. I certainly don't anyway. I did think we played all right against Burnley in phases, to be honest with you, Fergus. I still believe we're like three, maybe four players short of being a top, top side. But, you know, it's. It, I know we're going to go on to the Xhaka thing shortly, so... Yeah, very worried. Tonight's massive, mate. Tonight is massive. Steve, before we go into the Shaka one, Abamyang, he's in wretched form, failed to score down at the right end of the pitch, and then goes down the other end and concedes um, an own goal. People were criticising him for being back in the box in the first place. Do you do, do you see any issue with me back in the box? Because he was, he was equally criticised for not being back there a few games ago. Uh, I don't because uh, you know Bamiyang's like six six two six three, so he's he's one of our taller players. And if it was Olivier Giroud in the box or not in the box, again you, you question why your taller players aren't there to take on the aerial threat. Um, you know you can argue perhaps he should have been higher up the pitch if they you know if we were to to win 
you know, win the ball and go on a counter-attack. But I think someone like Aubameyang has got the pace to make up anyway. And if he's, a lot, you know, arriving late, I, I don't think there's an issue with him being in the box. I thought it was a bloody good header. <laughs> Just a shame it was it, it was that is his fourth headed goal for Arsenal, unfortunately, um, in the wrong end. Uh, Mike, what did you make of um, the overall performance? Like, the, the, We had plenty of attempts on goal. Um, Nick Pope dealt with nearly everything very, very comfortably. Um, and probably Lacazette uh, came as close as possible with that uh, low, low strike. I, I think that kind of says everything. Um, it's, it's, it's an issue that... I've, I think it's not something that's kind of new to Arsenal. I think it's something that we've always really had is that crossing ability is we've never really ever seemed dangerous going down the wings. Even back in the days we had like Walcott and Javinho, Arshavin going down those fucking lines. We never really had any like assertiveness when we tried to whip the balls in. And I just don't understand. It's, it's never really been our style for as long as I can remember. And it's, it's sure, I mean, it shows you getting an attempt on the ball. But what good is it when you're whipping the balls in and you've got a striker that's six foot two that can't score a header? I mean, I, 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 if I actually look back at Aubameyang's, Aubameyang's overall performances, and I can't even remember the last time I've even seen him or known him to score headed goals. It's usually either simple tapping or it's something that's, the, like an easy finish, he doesn't climb. He doesn't yeah, get it, up. It's, it doesn't it's make sense. Game, it's, is it? It's it's a bit it's a bit pointless because he's he's six foot two. At the end of the day, he's six foot two. He's probably the biggest player we've got going forward. I mean, he's far. He's most fast. He's probably agile. He's usually the most. He's a very confident player as well at times when he isn't playing. But I I don't I don't think you can class it as dominating a game when you're whipping in sixty to seventy balls and you're not even finding a striker. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, you were showing attack and prowess and you're showing that you're actually trying to trying to push, but you're not mm. dominating because you're going nowhere. You're just hitting a brick wall every time you put the ball in. Trev? But I don't see the point of it. Trev, thoughts? Well, let's take you off mute. He takes the mic <laughs> out of you. Oh, you did that, not me. I didn't. I took you off. It says I can't take you off. Right, I'm off. You can hear me, can't you? I can. I can. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed the other night that um, holding and holding more so, but Gabriel to a certain extent spent more time in the box. And I think that was probably under the instruction to try and pick up on some of them crosses that went to waste in the previous game or two. It didn't work. As for Alba back defending, I'm not going to hold him responsible for no goal. It's a cross coming in and he's, he's stuck his nut on it and it's glanced in off his head. I, 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 don't, I don't mind seeing Aubameyang back defending. A, a player with that kind of pace can, as a striker can come back and defend because they can break the lines quickly. It sometimes works in your favour as we've seen great strikers at Arsenal do in the past. You know, run from deep and score a wonder goal on, on, on quite a few occasions actually. So I've got no problem with Aubameyang um, coming back and defending what? deep. What Al, would Al, 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 you... Go on. I'm finished yet. I'm finished. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, Aubameyang, Aubameyang has always been the kind of striker that don't do a lot, but you don't notice it when he's banging goals in, right? He's banging goals in and you don't notice that he doesn't make a lot of movement. And, of course, when he's banging goals in, his confidence goes up. And as a result, that movement does improve a bit. But we always, I always thought that one day he'll have a drought. And when he has a drought, we'll realise that, that, that without his goals, he maybe doesn't offer a lot or an exceptional amount. And that's what's happening. He's still got my faith. I, he, I lost, he lost me a bit with his interview he gave his captain. It was demoralising for me as a fan, that speech. Demoralising for me as a fan. So how the hell it came across to the players, I do not know. But no, I have a little bit. Aubameyang's just still got me faith, but only just. He needs to come up and stand up and carry. And uh, finally, uh, looking before we go into the uh, indiscipline within our squad, um, the indifference within our squad with a, a former Chelsea player now playing 
for well is he playing William he passed ball after ball after ball and never Steve never made a move after that or gave any offer of an outlet there's no point in flicking a ball on if you're not going to run and meet it at, on, on, on the one two this is my issue with William is he's lazy he has been lazy for the last seven or eight games and it, it's been like that against against Spurs. I said about the the, the Son goal. You know, he passed the ball um, a, a few times down that flank. And you know, when Bellerin was going forward, he should be dropping back. He doesn't. He stands still. He stands still. And that's that's the whole reason why we got caught for that Son goal because Bellerin burst forward. Williams waiting for a ball. It didn't go to him. It went through to Bellerin. And rather than move, he just stands there. He just stands and watches and tries to make, you know, try, tries to hope that somebody passes him the ball so he can whip him across. And he's got to do so much more because if you have got a Bamiang, you know, floating around on the left or or in the middle, then you've got two players up the field that aren't working off the ball. And, and, and it, it's becoming a massive, massive problem. As Terry says in the chat, is, is he the new Theo Walcott? No, Walcott scored goals. Walcott did, Walcott worked hard. <laughs> You know, he might have gone missing occasionally for 70 no. minutes, but for 20 minutes, he worked his worked his socks off. And often he popped up with a goal. You don't get 100 goals for being a terrible, terrible player. Yeah. Um, just to let people know, our viewing figures are down a little today because I'm in Facebook jail. A lot of our viewers come from Facebook uh, and we are uh, urging anybody who is on Facebook to, um, and that you know watches this, uh, just let know that we're live on YouTube as well. I did put the link on Arsenal Fans Forum. I couldn't put it on all the other pages. So if you knew any, any of the guys that normally in the chat uh, join in, thank you for those who have uh, joined in the, in the chat with us. Um, the indiscipline, well, before we look at the indiscipline, um, we touched on it. You know, this is equal to our um, worst top flight run since December 1959. Uh, Burnley claimed their first top flight victory since... Um, uh, September 1974, ending a 15-game winless uh, um, uh, run against us, drawing four and losing 11. Um, I did talk to a, a Premier League coach before we'd done the, um, uh, the podcast on Sunday. And I was talking to him and I, I showed him the facts that we'd done about Leicester, about uh, Wolves and could Burnley do it. And then I showed him the stats on Burnley and he said... Jesus, I didn't realise Burnley were that bad. And I said to him, I'll tell you what, get your money on Burnley. I was so unconfident that we'd do anything on, on, on then. Um, you know, the other thing that we've got a problem with, Mike, is in discipline, Arsenal have reached six Premier League red cards since Mikel Arteta first um, came in charge in December last year. Double that of any other side in this time. Granite Xhaka, which we'll all talk about, um, Made his debut in August 2016. What a dark year that was for us. Um, Manchester City's Fer Fernandino has uh, four cards, who, which is the only person with more cards in that period of time in all competitions than the Swiss midfielder. I remember when we signed him, Mike, um, he was playing for Switzerland. And we went, oh, we've signed Granit Xhaka. And it was the year that all the, the shirts got start ripping off, off players in the World Cup and everything else. His first game for Switzerland, straight red. Thoughts on the indiscipline? What do you think well, the issue is? Well, the, the, was it discipline with Xhaka or the whole team? Because I got thoughts on both. Like, uh, let's do the whole team and then we yep. can go around the guys on Xhaka. All right. Well, in terms of the whole team, I think the stats can be relatively misleading because I know we have had six red cards, but when you actually look at them, I think only... Two of them were from genuine violent conduct that was perhaps, well, not perhaps, there was absolutely no excuse for how they happened. But the other four, I believe, were in-game. They were late challenges, goal-scoring opportunities that perhaps you don't need to make, but in certain cases you do. So I think it's easy to look at the numbers and go, oh, six red cards, that's a lot. And then when you actually look into it, you say, well, four of them did come from open play. They weren't, but then the two that didn't, that's where the real discipline lies. But it's from players that you'd already usually expect. Like I know Xhaka all the time with his red cards. And it's I, I do I do think there is an attitude problem. I mean, there there has been for a long, a long time uh, a very a very deep uh 
a deep-rooted issue that just hasn't seemed to manifest itself. I mean, it only seems to come out in little spurts every now and then, but it always seems to bottleneck through Xhaka. And that's whether he's telling the fans to F off or he's taking his shirt off and he's really... He's just... He's a bit too much of a drama queen. And I think it has a negative effect on everybody else around it. Uh, I feel that... It's like, like with the Pepe. The Pepe head, but I didn't really think... I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's a red card, but I think it was a soft red card because of the way it was. It's, yeah, egos are running high. There's a lot of temper. There's a clash. He may have just gone at him a bit, but there wasn't much else there. I mean, it's a red card, but I think it's a soft one. Steve? But... Yeah, I, I, I think Mike's touched on, touched on, you know, most of what I would have said. It just seems that it is a sort of deep-rooted issue. And, and yeah, a lot of it does seem to come, you know, or stem around Xhaka. Um Quite often, Jack will go in for a challenge or not be bothered or or will get his back up. And other players around quite often get their backs up as well. Um, on the Pepe thing, okay, this season has seen a lot of inconsistency, the same as most seasons, mm-hmm. but too much inconsistency with his violent conduct, straight red card crap. You know, Tierney got a straight smack in the face against Liverpool from Mane. Wasn't even yeah. looked at. Pepe, yes, it was a headbutt, soft as anything, right? You know, people talk, oh, but when Keown used to do this or Vieira used to do this, but they actually used to do it. They used to go in and and, and everybody would have their backs up at the time. It, it was soft. It You know, yes, it's a red by letter of the law, but if you're going to deem anything that that's exactly it. He shouldn't have been there in the first place. And then you argue, okay, fair enough. If he's on the pitch, that comes down to Arteta. But even then, you, you've got you've got to blame the player. Don't put your arms, you know, don't put your hands around somebody's throat, especially when everything this season is under the cuff with VAR. Okay, okay, Trev, I'm I'm, ke- I'm conscious that the team news is going to come out soon. We haven't even started on the uh, Southampton game and what we expect. Can you give your um, thoughts on? the Shaka red card, and also the red card that wasn't given, and why we shouldn't be down to nine men, because El Nenny's was actually more aggressive than Shaka's. But I do maintain the Shaka should have gone. Trev? Mute? It's like a Zoom. For Christ's sake, what is going on tonight? (laughs) Um, Listen, firstly, mate, I, what, just, we just got to spend another ten seconds go back to what the big man Steve said about about um, Willian, right? Willian, I'm, I'm telling you now, if if we get a more mobile player playing up in Willian's position, one that wants to do a bit more running, that's not in his early coming up mid thirties, then Bellerin automatically looks a better player. Automatically, Bellerin looks a better player because he's got yeah. someone playing on that side of energy that matches his. Willian has been a poor signing so far, a very poor signing. As as for the Xhaka red, I really struggle with the man Xhaka. You know that he's a he, he's a petulant. Showed it when he when he threw our armband on the floor. You know us old timers don't forgive him for that. He showed it to the fans when he cups his ear at us and laughed at us. You know we don't like that. And he showed it again the other night because he knows there's VAR on him, and he's trying to be. A flash Trev, can, I pause, right. can I pause you there one second? The only reason you mentioned the cup in the ear, um, I watched our game with a member of um, the Palace uh, fitness squad, and he said, because we, we, we were talking when Shaka got sent he off. He told me under time. And, and, and I said to him, <laughs> I said to him, I said, were you at the Emirates that day? And he went, yes. He said, he should never be playing for your club again. He said, any player that does that to a club, a disrespectful uh, club, uh, sh- should not play for them again. I said, can you? Uh, can I ask you a question? And he went, yeah, what is it? I said, when did the crowd turn on him? When did they start booing him? He said, he said it wasn't when um, he was coming off. It wasn't even when he cupped his ears. It was the moments afterwards when he told us where to go forth and multiply. And that's when people turned on him. And that was from somebody who was sitting on the bench, could hear what the crowds were like. And yeah, so I just thought I'd share that. But carry on. Sorry, mate. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, you're exactly right, mate. It's it's an important point to make. And along the same lines as that, what Patrice Everest said, 
after the game the other night, I think yes. it put me and yeah. a lot of other Arsenal fans in shock. Actually, I spoke to half a dozen Arsenal fans about it, and every one of them said, Dad, rewind that moment and check that and misheard it. What Patrice Evra said the other night is massive. Coming from a player of that stature, talking about probably the greatest player our club's ever seen, I can't see that Evra was lying, and it just shows in what regard Granite Xhaka is held at the club. And what, what I'm going to drift a little bit, but on the, on the Xhaka subject, what what our young what, whoever comes into that side tonight, and whatever young players get the opportunity, they need to play their socks off, they need to these next three games perform out of their skin, and they need to be saying to Arteta, "You can't put a Xhaka back in. There's no space for him. We filled that hole. We've moved on." And then in January, Granite Xhaka can be on his merry way and, and our club can move on. I really do think he's a Persian chalice in our side, mate. Having said that, Fergus, Mike, Steve, El Nenny did the same. As a matter of fact, if anything, El Nenny's was worse because he hadn't heeded the warning from Xhaka sending off. What on earth is the man doing? So, so lucky. So, so lucky. You know? And I don't mind our players getting a red card. Um, we were at Palace last season, Fergus. I don't know if you remember because you were drunk. When when Aubameyang got sent oh, off, right? Aubameyang got you, sent you, off. I'm surprised you remember don't I was there. Don't bite in there. Aubameyang got sent off, didn't he? But Aubameyang got sent off trying to make a tackle. I don't mind that. One of our players goes up and elbows another player on his way. I don't mind that. But if you're going to do a peppy and put your head in someone's face... Or if you're going to do a Xhaka and give it this spitty bottom lip out and give it the, and then you're going to do an El Nini, then there's no excuse for that. It's, if you get sent off, you ain't my mate no more. You ain't my mate no more because it's just pet stupidity. Having said well, that, VAR has been so inconsistent again, hasn't it? And it's just yes, another reason why VAR should be out the window and we let referees make decisions. Can I tell yeah, you? Go on, just you finally, because we want to move on to the Southampton game, Mike. Yeah, yeah, I'll make it quick. So I'm, I just want to touch on one thing: is that I, I have probably been one of the main people for as long as I can remember that has weirdly supported Jacker in his role in that midfield role, because despite his his flaws and all that, he does distribute the ball well. He can move the ball play, and he makes that engine room go. But unfortunately, it's the partner he has beside him, and he's just not good enough to do it on his own. And I think it's started to get to the point now where my opinion of him has completely flipped because I used to, I'd always defend him and now I felt I just can't defend him anymore. It's, it's past the point where he's just not fit to even be in the club, let alone wear, wear the shirt, honestly. Not I, anymore. Think, I think we I think we could have another hour on that uh, very topic. <laughs> and oh, I don't even think your... I know we could. I know <laughs> we could, let me tell you. If, if you want to know how good Xhaka is, Right, have a look at how well Thomas Party has played in the few minutes he's played for us, and can yeah, compare it to exactly. Granite Xhaka. Granite Xhaka ain't fit enough to lace Party's boots, mate. Ain't fit yeah, enough to lace his boots. Uh, uh, Trev, you put a, a tweet up this afternoon um, encouraging people to watch the show today, and you said, "Does our state our season come to life tonight? What team?" will we put out? How many young players should play and what one? The man who likes the kids, you can have the first say on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that came out wrong. Think of you as a dad. I'm going to get there in the post, I swear. <laughs> um, I, would, I would like to see, I would like to see Maitland-Niles at right back instead of the midfield, ideally. Um, what? Just because, just because I would like to see Elneny partnered with Sabios or Willock again um, in the midfield. As uh, We know more what Maitland-Niles can do. And I think having that in it, because William is going to play, right? William is going to play. And I just think having a bit more attacking energy and a little bit more of, I mean, Cedric's a decent player. Cedric's a decent squad player. I think um, I, I think he's going to come in at right back. But I would like to have Maitland-Niles there just to do a little bit more down that flank. 
Um, and I'd like to see Elneny and, as I say, either Ceballos or, or Willock in the midfield. Um, Lacazette, stay where he is. Um, I'd like to see Balogun on the bench. Um, Should I get my Martinelli, Martinelli's back in, back in full training. So I'd like to see another young striker on the bench along with Nketiah. But um, I would, I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd bring in, I'd bring in Maitland Niles at right back. And, Should I get uh, my boots? Terry's saying maybe I get a start. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you um, wouldn't do worse than Jacka. I'll tell you that. No. Trev, it was your question. Who do you think should start? Will our season come to light life tonight? Right, I, I, I differ to Steve a little bit, a little bit. Uh, in that, I, I, I know Willick. I know, I know Willick's going to start tonight. Uh, not Willick, excuse me. Willian's going to start tonight. But you're asking me to, to choose or want to choose. So I would keep Bellerin at right back. But I would He's give suspended. him... Oh, Bellerin? Yeah, Bellerin's out for uh, totting up. Is he? Oh, right. Yeah. I never knew that. Okay. So that's, so that's right. So, no. So, so Granit so uh, Hector, Hector Bellerin... Uh, for getting five um, bookings and Pepe is available. David Lewis is unlikely to make a comeback from uh, due to a head injury, while Thomas Partey is also meant to be kept out of the squad. I'm waiting on the squads to come out at the minute, but yeah. I hope that helps. So can I finish now, then? Yeah, <laughs> so, it's, it's simply, so you bring you bring Suarez in instead of Bellerin, because eh? Suarez is a right back and he's not let us down yet. But you play. I, I don't want William in the side. I want a younger. I want a younger pair of legs up that side. Will or Nelson up that side with him would do for me. I'd like to see. A, I'd like to see. I'd like to see Maitland Niles in the middle, right? With, with possibly El Nenny, and then. Saka and Alba up front, maybe. It's the bench that's important. I think I think you can make it you can make a point by just sticking yeah. the people on the bench, you know, like back ESR three. and Aziz and where are we? Go, we? We've gone with the back three. So we've got what Leno holding Gabriel Tierney, Maitland Niles, no Williams, no William Pius, Almeny, Shaka. Pepe, Nketiah, and Abamyang. And that. on the bench, as you said, was important. David Louise makes the bench, which is good. So it means he's getting over that head injury. Um, Cedric, Mustafi, Willock, Willian, and Lacazette. So we've got something to come off the bench in Lacazette and Willock because they have made impacts before. Uh, after that, really, and you've got Renarison on there as well. But after that, there's um, there's not a huge amount on that bench, is there? There's not a huge amount on that bench. I mean, there's a lot of lot of room to shift things around with the starting starting lineup as well. I like that. I like that lineup. We're going obviously Saka, Saka and Maitland Niles as wing backs. Um, yeah, I do like that. Who was who was the three centre backs? So Tierney's in with Gabriel and Holding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Bias and Elneny, I think that's that's a fairly well balanced midfield too. You've got you know you've got Gabriel and Tierney both ball playing centre backs. <laughs> Um, and Ketia, hopefully, it looks like he's leading the line and Aubameyang's going to be wider. Um, energy, energy up top. And I, I Yeah, I totally agree with Tofa. And it, that energy up top from Nketia, as opposed to the energy that Lacazette brings, which, you know, he's much more involved deeper in the, you know, if we can close down, South, close down Southampton from the front and get, you know, Pepe and, and Ketty are running into areas, then hopefully, hopefully we've got and this. What do you guys make of that comment on there from Sentiment FC? Uh, Mike, you can come in on that one. Sabias and El Nenny, he doesn't seem to be happy with that um, two in front of the the back three. It's, my, it's hard to say because when you're considering that that is the best line that we have, it's pretty poor. Honestly, it is pretty poor in the long distance. It's just the the back three is the best thing about that team. I don't. I, I it feels it's going to sound harsh, but I don't really rate Nketiah. I mean, the guy's young. He's got a lot of way to go. But I've never really, I haven't really seen anything from him that said, "Okay, he's going to be good." 
I think him up front with Orbert, maybe, but I feel like we're going to still struggle with the goals. Saka is probably going to be the most lively player. Ceballos and Elneny is it's such a negative midfield. I don't. I, I haven't liked Ceballos since we signed him. I think he's been a par player and he's been made to look good because of how poor our midfielders are, which is the only reason we look at him and say he's our best midfielder because the rest of them are just that bad. I, I think, and that, that really upsets me because I was hoping to see Joe Willock. I'm glad I'm seeing Maitland-Niles. Uh, that, that It's always good to have him in. But it's just that partnership. I mean, I, I, I rate Elneny in only a way that he's an energy and he's a workhorse and the guy will not stop running for 90 minutes. But apart from that, he's not, he's just not, he's not good enough. And Ceballos is, he's a La Liga player at heart. The guy needs time on the ball. He has to be fancy. He can't do the dirty work. He can't do the grinding and he can't drive. And that's my biggest problem with him is you can't play the La Liga way, the way that Ceballos plays in the Premier League. And I, I haven't yet seen in, he's been here for what nearly nearly coming up for one and a half seasons. This will be the second season he's been here. What has he done? What has Ceballos genuinely done in that midfield to make us go? I, oh yeah, we should have re-signed him. I don't think he's I, anywhere near good enough. I, I I must admit I'm not a huge fan. And if he was really that good, Real Madrid wouldn't let 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 exactly. him uh, to to be here in the first place. Trevor, um, we can look at some match facts. Arsenal are unbeaten in 25 home league games against Southampton since a 1-0 defeat, which you'll probably remember, <laughs> Ivory, in, in November 1987. We've won 18, drawn seven, some by the skin of our teeth, um, which I do remember. Uh, Southampton, two wins in the last 10 competitive fixtures at the Emirates. Both came in the League Cup, a 2-1. And uh, in the third round in 2014, and a 2-0 in the quarterfinals, which I remember, in November 2016. We've lost all the uh, last four home games, uh, straight home games in the last 61 years. Could it get worse, Trev? Well, of course it can get worse. Fergus. Southampton are the better side. They're the better side on form. And they're the better side according to the league table. So, and if we play like we did against Burnley, then it could well get worse. It's very worrying. I'm worried by the lineup. There's not. It was. I thought it was a prime opportunity tonight to break through one young player. Yeah. I said earlier I didn't want a massive change, but I thought it was a prime opportunity to break through one young player tonight. And he's not took that opportunity, and he's not even put him on the bench. So I'm, I'm really disappointed with that. I hope Eddie Nketiah comes good, but I honestly think that that at the moment we should have looked to maybe a youngster. If we're going to put Nketiah in the side, put a youngster on the bench and not Lacquer. It could it could it could well be worse because Eddie's a, Eddie's a small lad. Aubameyang don't put himself about. Southampton are a big defensive side. I went to Southampton last season and the season before. They bullied us. Bullied us. I think we got a luck. I think we drew down there. I'm not sure exactly. I can remember it because it was Christmas time and Donna did loads of shopping, cost me a fortune. But <laughs> it was, it was. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not happy with it. I hope I'm wrong. I'm often wrong, as we all know. But I wanted to see one player, young player's name appear at least on the bench tonight, and I've not got it. And I'm sad about it because, as you said, Fergus, we've lost four games in a row with what we've got, and. Yep. If Arteta, who still has my total faith, and he will have, if Arteta keeps going the way we're going, though, right, over this recent form, the decline continues, right? And what's the next step of our decline? I'm going to be down for 10 seconds here, then I'm coming up again. The next step of our decline is unthinkable, boys. The next step of the last 15 years of decline is unthinkable. Right, we need to beat Southampton, not just for us fans, but for Arsenal Football Club. So we need to find a way. If we don't beat Southampton today, we've got Everton away on, on the weekend on Saturday. And that gaffer at Everton, he ain't stupid. He'll have it in his head how to beat Arsenal already. He's a clever, clever man. So if the worst comes to the worst tonight and we don't get three points, and we don't get three on Sunday, Saturday then I don't know where we go. 
He needs to pull it round. I'm ho I'm putting my faith in Arteta, but I think he's missed an opportunity again tonight. I'm pleased he's dropped William out. Very pleased he's dropped William out. But I'm worried greatly about it. I hope I'm wrong, boys. Trev, if we're bringing in a youngster, let's say a Balogun, and Nel I think Nelson's still injured and Nelson picked up a knock, but let's say Balogun, do you play him straight in the lineup over Eddie or do you have yeah. him on the bench? You put him on the bench. You yeah, put him on the bench. My, my, my thing with Eddie and Balogun, I, I think Balogun looks more promising right now. Um, 100% more promising. He's got the physical aspect to his game as well as being being able to score a goal. Eddie, though, I think as you know, as, as much as Mike uh, summed it up, I don't. I, I, I like Eddie and Ketia, but I don't see him being a top Arsenal mm. player. I see him being around the squad for a couple of years and doing a job for us, which is what he's doing now. Yeah, and I well think back. some people have been too harsh on him in recent weeks because you know we can talk up Balogun. But Eddie's also been doing it in the same competition in the, against the same opposition. So I think Eddie's Eddie's got his chance in there. You know, with change change system, um, Eddie's going to lead the line because he's energetic. You know, hopefully he you know he always tries to close down the centre backs and the goalkeeper, and that's where quite a few of his goals have come from. Um, so as much as I agree, I would love to see a Balogun or, you know, even a Cottrell or an Aziz on the bench, just, just to, you know, be at the stadium, potentially get, you know, get a few minutes at the end. I just, I think because of the change of formation, because of everything else, I just, I struggle to find where Arteta could have really put them in. Um, and also other bad news, if the worst does come to, you know, if it does get even worse, West Brom have just appointed Sam Allardyce, so we haven't even got him as a safety net. <laughs> if Arteta gets the sack and we're down there, listen. So yeah, yeah, listen, yeah. Steve, Steve, what has what has Enketia done? He's been, he's been. Let's be honest, right? Scored goals when he's had his opportunity, and that's it's you know consistently not scored a goal, Steve. He's consistently not scored a goal. He's a striker. He's our top scorer in all competitions. Yeah, but what does that say about not in the league? Players? Not. No, I totally agree. Totally. What agree. does it say about what does that say about Aubameyang and Lacazette and Willian and even 100%. Saka to a certain extent? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I was I was I was speaking to Potsy a couple of weeks ago and I was saying obviously everyone everyone loves El Nenny at the moment and that's because. Everybody, you know, with me and Fergus have said for the last two, three years, El Nenny is constantly going to give you a six or a seven performance. But the fact that El Nenny is one of our best players in recent, you know, in the last couple of months, that says it all about everybody else. It's because everybody else's level has completely dropped. And so I get that with, with Eddie. Um, but, you know, Eddie's been playing in Europe. He's been scoring but is, goals. He, is, he's been playing in Europe and with all... Uh, due respect, which always means you have no respect whatsoever. Um, <laughs> yeah. With all due respect to the opposition of Mould, um, Dundalk, <laughs> and uh, oh, I can't even remember. Um, they, you know, they are a, a much, much lower uh, standard. We haven't, exactly. we haven't, we have gone 12 hours and 26 minutes without scoring a goal in the league from open play. Will Eddie? be the solution for that. He's definitely not going to get a set piece of the header, will he? Not in front of goal. He's not going to be the solution in front of goal. But what I'm saying is, is my argument, you know, people's arguments at the moment is between Eddie and Balogun. Balogun is only impressed against that same level of opposition. So if you if you if you disrespect the opposition in terms of you know putting Eddie and Ketia down, you've got to say, well okay, Balogun's looked good, but he's looked good against shit. So you, you kind of you have to you have to be you have to be a lot more level headed. I think Balogun yeah. I think Balogun is a much better prospect than what Eddie was two three years ago, um, and I would love to see Balogun get some minutes. But I'm just saying that I think Eddie's in there tonight because he constantly puts pressure on the opposition centre back and tries to press from the front, and I think that's one of the things that Eddie does well. Right, goals on, win on. games. Goals win games, not pressure. Again, again, I was going to. I'm not debating that. I was going to stay on top of that. that this the same issue with Lacazette. Lacazette is almost an identical player to Eddie Nketiah when you watch them play. He presses, he's hard bun, he charges, and he works hard. Right? It's, 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 yeah, fair, no, maybe not so much this season, but in previous seasons, that's his key attribute. That, that's, that was always my defence of him. Is he was never really... He's not a natural goal scorer. And that's the problem with Eddie is... 
I've too many times I've seen him in fantastic positions and he just hasn't had the stones to put the ball away. I think I remember there was a couple of even even in these Europa League games. I think I remember it was an early game. Eddie started and there was a great ball whipped in by Pepe and it was a simple tap in and he scuffed it and put it wide. And that's my problem with Enketia is, yeah, he may he's a workhorse. He may have a lot of talent in terms of he can press, he can push, and he looks exciting, but he has no end product. And too many of our players have no end product, which is why, personally, if we were going to start a youngster, I think it should be Smith-Rowe. I, I don't understand how Smith-Rowe can consistently perform out like, in training. And even, even, when he, even when he came on in Europa League, we looked explosive. As soon as he came on the pitch, I thought the entire dynamic of the game shifted and the guy looked lethal. If we're going to put anybody in there, I don't know why Smith-Rowe isn't being given a chance. We're under three different managers and he still hasn't been given this chance to start in the Premier League, let alone on the bench, like really come on and give something. But we put our faiths in the Enketias, the Callum Chambers, the Maitland-Niles, this Sabios now. And it's just, then it's not worked. And I don't understand how a talent as good as Smith-Rowe could just be sat there stewing and nothing like We're crying out for a creative midfielder. We're crying out for somebody who drives, somebody who can pick a pass, somebody who's clinical and is ice cold. And we've got him. He's sat there. But we just don't play him. And I, 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 you can understand the toss-up between Enketia and Balogun all you want. I mean, personally, I think Balogun has a better finish. He has a better touch. And he looks more like a natural goal scorer than Enketia does. Enketia feels more like a Welbeck. He's very clumsy. He's a bit all over the place. He makes some good runs. Maybe he'll turn as and when you need him. But I don't feel he's quite there yet. And he's never going to be a star. He's always going to be maybe an impact I, something on. But I, I just I, don't... I, I agree with some of your points, and I also equally disagree uh, in the sense that um, Eddie does offer something. He does offer um, a bit more of a fox in the box or a bit more of a, an attack and a drive. He's a natural goal hunter, scorer. Um, I think the issue is it's probably a season or two too soon for him, and he's just still very, very lightweight. Trevor, you haven't spoken for a, a few minutes, so you look deep in thought. Um Near, nearly finishing up on this. What's your closing thoughts? And just, just give me a little bit of an idea, probably on defensive side of things. You know, we haven't kept a clean sheet for any of our uh, last six home league games. The longest run from the beginning of the season of a ten match uh, streak in sixty four, sixty five. You're probably at that one. Look right. I nearly swore you then. <laughs> it's not a toss-up between Balogun and Enketia or Lacazette and Enketia or Lacazette and Balogun. It's not a toss-up. It's not a toss-up. It's purely on form. And if it's, if something's not working, then you try something else. You don't choose between them. You think one thing's not working, so we'll have a look at something else. I'm not saying Enketia is rubbish or Lacazette's rubbish. But it's, we're not scoring goals. We've not. We're not winning games. So you try something else. And when you've lost four games at home in the league for the first time since 1959, and you've got three games in a week, and if you lose all three, you're in a relegation dogfight. Then you try something different. And we're not trying something different tonight, in my view. Right? We're not. So we'll see how it goes. And hopefully, I'm wrong. Right? As from the defensive perspective, I don't think we. I, I think that that we, we, we've spoken all about the forwards tonight, rightfully so, because I think that's where our issues lie. Complete change around from last season and the season before, isn't it? You know? You can't knock Arteta for what he's done in defence. He's brought a good defender in Gabriel. In, in, we've got a defence, we've got a midfielder that's strong in the middle like Party, who's gone and got injured. And I honestly think that we need to keep holding in the side and keep him in a run for a few more games and see where we go. We've got Tierney, who's a class act. And we've got Bellerin who will look better with a younger player in front of him. I'm not concerned about the defence. Not concerned about the defence. I think my, my issue there is that's the problem with Bellerin. He needs someone to make him look good because he's not good. He's not good enough to be a right back for us. I, I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Bellerin either, which people will have known. And I think I was one of his biggest critics before anybody was criticising him. But... 
the fact that you say he needs somebody to make him look, I think, look good. I think every player, a majority of players, need somebody else to make him uh, make him look good. Uh, you can have the best keeper in the world, but if you've got a crap defence in front of them, the keeper's going to look awful. You can have the best strikers in the world, and we've got some of the best strikers. We talked about it for the last 10 minutes. You know, Bamiyang, Lacazette, possibly Nketiah is, well, they're elite strikers at least. But because we don't have a creative midfielder, not even the one you were talking about, Mike, I wouldn't have him near our squad again. Um, he can go on the same bus as Mustafi yeah. um, and uh, and Klasniak and Shaka uh, and leave the club. Um, but unless you've got the supply, it, you know, all players. Klasniak. Klasniak. Mart Martinez, Marnez, Mayonnaise, who cares? We're going to sign one player in January. We're going to sign one player in January, and that's going to be a creative midfielder. As long as we clear the right players out, we'll be all right. Don't hold out much hope for January, boys. If we sign one creative midfielder, that'll be it. The end of this season is when we start counting. The end of this season, if we've still got a Premiership team to buy for. Anyway. They got Alex McCarthy in gold, Kyle Walker Peters, um, uh, Vestergaard, um, Birdnack, Bertrand Romu. There we go. Armstrong, Walcott, Ings, and Che Adams. Che Adams, highly rated in my view. Danny Ings is one short of his 50 league uh, Premier League goals. Um, he scored three goals. Uh, in as many appearances against uh, for Southampton against Arsenal. And Theo Walcott has scored 108 goals in his 397 appearances for Arsenal between two, 2006 and 2018. Um, what do we make of their lineup before we close? Well, it's miles better than us in every way, except for the defence and the goalkeeper I'm going to stand by. But their midfielder, he's, James Ward-Prowse, is, uh, he, I, I don't really get, he doesn't really get spoken about a lot. Like you don't really hear when you talk about the midfielders in that are doing really well and always doing. I think James Ward-Prowse is a very underrated midfielder. He's very creative. He's direct. He's he's really clinical and he has a good free kick on him. I, I think they from the midfield upwards. They look more dangerous than we do, and I think they're going to be more positive. And I have a weird feeling Walcott's going to score against us. Um, Steve, final final thoughts on on this. Yeah, going forward, they've got lots of pace. So I'm I'm glad that we have gone with a back five with Maitland-Niles and Saka at wing back because we can then, you know, we can counter pace with pace in the wide channels. And we've got three men, you know, and Gabrielle's not exactly sluggish. And we've got three men and Nevis Tierney. So we've got three men that can, can hopefully counter that. And if we, you know, if we can put in an Arteta defensive performance and we can get up the pitch and hopefully get some balls in, capitalise on a few mistakes, then I'm more positive tonight than I was after Burnley seeing the lineup. Um but yeah they they they've got the pace to catch us out equally so we'll see. And, and um the most senior man in the panel will have the final wise words. We've got to turn it on. We're playing against a good Southampton side, boys. Mm. I'm quite pleased Jack is not playing because that Vestergaard's a big bugger, you know, and, he, and, and he'll get stuck into people. And, and he bullied us last season. It was awful to watch. You've got Ward Prowse who would have danced around Xhaka and wound him up. And then they've got, I've just noticed they've got Charlie Adams up front, haven't they? Is it Charlie yeah. Adams? Yeah, Charlie Adams. Charlie Adams. Young. That was at Birmingham. Yeah, he puts it about a bit. That boy as well, and and and, and they'd have been at Jacker tonight if he was playing. So I'm pleased Jacker's not playing. If we play to the best of our ability, if we pick up our performance levels, if we pick up the energy again that we had at the start of the season, then there's no reason why we can't win the game. I've got my big doubts about Eddie and Katia. I'm putting it out there. Prove me wrong, Eddie. Please prove me wrong tonight. Now, Bamiyang finds his, his scoring boots. And the most important one that we've not mentioned is Petty, Pepe coming back from his ban, right? It was all apologetic. He said all the right things. He said he's going to make it up to us. No better time to start than tonight, you know? No yeah. better time to start than tonight, Pepe. So, 
We're all nervous. I'm certainly nervous. I've had six visits to the toilet today. I've turned <laughs> off social media. Right? I've never felt like this. I've never seen us this bad. We can't go five at home without a win. Unheard of because we are the Arsenal and we're better than that, you know? So, cross everything, boys. We need a bit of luck. We need our luck to change. We don't need one glancing in off Alabama Yang's head that couldn't be helped. You know what I mean? And hopefully we'll be all right. Yeah. Come on, you Arsenal. Mike, uh, you broke your duck with us. Uh, second time <laughs> round anyway, at least. Um, <laughs> with our full start. Uh, thanks very much for joining the show. No worries. Uh, thanks for having me. We'll get you back on again in due course. Um, Steve, as always, uh, now you can go and support Sunderland uh, Football Club, but unfortunately, I don't think they can field a good side. So, uh, the cat, the cat they, they, the they did all right yesterday, considering, but uh, no, it's it's all last all for me. Sunderland are in the background, even mm. if I'm up here. And Trev, as always, thank you very much. Uh, you have been watching an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Listen, we are we are just supporters, uh, we chat here like we're sitting in the pub and because we can't sit in the pub now, uh, we use this platform and, and, and do these before the games. I asked you on Sunday and I uh, uh, said, if you can, please click on the bell and click on the like button on YouTube. We're not on Facebook tonight because I'm in Facebook jail, but um, you can find us on Facebook on at Guns and Yellow Ribbons, on Twitter at Guns and Ribbons, Instagram, which I hardly use. Um, but uh, yeah, please do. Um, I'm trying to get us up to a thousand um, followers on YouTube because it will allow us um, to do stuff a bit more like this when we eventually get back to games. So me, Trev, and maybe Johnny and uh, Mike and Potsy and so on, we can jump around my phone and, and chat to some of you guys uh, doing a 15, 20 minute podcast or whatever. Um, so I'd really appreciate it if you have got your friends, let them know about it if they're Arsenal fans and uh, click that like and subscribe. Thanks very much, everybody. Only one last thing to say. Up the arse. Come on, you guys. You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too. 